welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and new age enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. All right, today on the podcast, we have my friend Ashley Dufresne. She's a master channel, energy alchemist, and life's purpose mentor who guides purpose-driven empath entrepreneurs to align with their soul so they can gain clarity on their next evolutionary step in their purpose and business. Ashley blends her background in psychology and clinical mental health with spiritual mentorship, energy healing, and channeling to create a unique holistic experience for her clients. Ashley, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I've been waiting for today. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is so fun. Of course. Yeah. Why don't you tell us just about your background? Because I know that you've been someone who's been spiritual from like the second that they were born. Your experiences start so young. Yeah, they really do. You know, I was thinking about... um, the beginning of my spiritual journey. And I'm like, where do I begin? I feel like it was lifetimes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I have been, although, you know, it's interesting, like I wouldn't ever call myself spiritual. I was an atheist for a very long time. <laughs> as an atheist, that was a channel. <laughs> didn't really make sense. Um, didn't really acknowledge my gifts until I was about 18, 19. Um, just tried to like avoid them, honestly, as best I could. Um, until they just wouldn't let me anymore. And I think that's what I'd probably call my spiritual awakening is my guides were like, no, no, no more ignoring here. The more you ignore us, the louder we're going to get. And um, until the point where I just couldn't ignore anymore. So here I am. (laughs) It's funny how you came from that background of not really feeling connected to spirit. Was there something that was happening that made you feel disconnected from it or like you didn't want to acknowledge it? Um, my spiritual experiences when I was a kid were pretty terrifying. Um, my, I I was raised Catholic and my family is pretty Catholic. I went to Catholic school for a little bit. And so, um, the experiences that I had were really, I mean, a combination of just like what's out there in like the world when it comes to spiritual or supernatural experiences, like the only real references horror movies and scary TV shows. So it kind of just felt like I was being haunted. And then that added to um, just my Catholic background. I was just, it's just a very fear-based religion, uh, at least how I was raised in it. So it was a lot of like, you know, demons. And some of my family members would say that I was practicing black magic. And I just, there was just a lot of shame and and just fear surrounding my supernatural and and, yeah, spiritual experiences that I just, for as long as I could just ignored them or tried to rationalize them or um, just, yeah, pretended that they weren't happening. I'm sure there are people listening to the podcast who can relate to this, where this is something that they themselves have felt. And I hear it all the time from people who talk to me, like, I don't want to do shadow work because I don't want anything dark or scary to happen. There's so much fear around it. And so for the people who might be feeling that right now, do you have any advice for them? Oh, such a, that's a great question. Honestly. So what, what did I do that finally 
I, I really did rationalize it for a long time of how just like rationalizing my experiences and saying like, okay, um, well, this is because of this, or maybe, you know, the things moved because I moved them and I forgot, or there was a electrical glitch or something, you know, and I'd rationalize it all. And really what helped me, um, break out of the fear was leaning into, um, my empowerment in my spirituality and calling forth support. So instead of like being a victim of the experience and like being like being in the space where I felt disempowered with what was happening, I called back my power by actually calling forth somebody that I was comfortable with. So when I was younger, I'd call in my grandma and that was really helpful because I'm like, okay, well, I know that she, like I've interacted with her. I know she's around so I can call her forth and feel safe. But you can also call in like Archangel Michael or another like an an ancestor or an angel or someone that you you do feel safe with that you do have a connection with that you know that you can call upon them to support you in feeling calm or at least safe so that whatever you are experiencing you don't feel so disempowered and spiral out of control amazing and when would you say that you realized or you knew that you were actually channeling (laughs) um (laughs) took you know it is hilarious if you were to have witnessed all that would happen I it really took a while for me to accept it um I didn't really accept it until I was 19 um and like my guides were just I mean the things that were happening you just I mean people would witness it too and they'd be like uh did that just happen and I'm like you saw it too oh good like I feel a little less crazy but my gosh (laughs) so it really took it it took consistent work from my guides um multiple times a day for about a year of just like really pushing me before I'm like okay I don't think I'm making this up anymore something's happening um And even beyond that, just like my whole life experience, I'm sure both of you relate to this because you're both channels of, you know, being in a conversation with somebody and then it feels like you kind of step out and then you come back and they are having a reaction to what you're saying and you have no idea what you just said. And like, you're like, whatever I say just seems to work. I don't know. I just know what to say to people. Um, Just a lifetime of that. That That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're like, I'm actually good at this like counseling thing. Like. I was like the shit that I say I don't know where it comes from but it seems to work <laughs> yeah right oh You're my like- gosh so right sometimes I, but it's like we don't need to question it you know we try to question it so much and it's so funny when you're like so for me sometimes I, I think like when I post on Instagram I'm channeling a lot because I will go back to my old posts and I'm like did I write that like I don't remember writing that <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I totally know what you're saying. I'm like, did I write that one? Was that, was that me? No way. Yeah. <laughs> kind of not, huh? <laughs> People who are like really new to this world and have never heard of what a channel is, or maybe they've heard the term passively thrown around, but they don't have a clear definition. Can you explain what channeling is? Yeah. So the way I like to understand it and describe it is essentially you are a a channel is a liaison between dimensions. So between, you know, fourth to 12th dimension into the third dimension. So just the liaison, that's like the bridge between the higher dimensional realms and this realm for us to understand and comprehend here. So it's different than a medium. 
And so I like to actually differentiate those by like thinking of like a radio station. It's like you're, you're tuning to different frequencies. So uh, a medium is more when I feel into mediumship, because I did mediumship for like, you know, I think that a lot of channels start off as mediums because it's just a little bit closer. Yeah. Right. And so the frequency is very similar to like this human frequency, like when we tap into another person. And so the way I see it is kind of like tuning into like more of the 3D energy that's beyond what we're seeing. I know it doesn't make sense because it's not three dimensional, but it just feels like it's the same dimension that we exist in. Where like when we, when we tune the radio station to like FM versus AM, it feels like you're, you're tapping into a higher frequency. And what's coming in um, is then because it's a higher frequency of more truth and more reliable information and less um, ego or emotion based. So it's, it tends to be more impactful and you can trust it a a bit more. It's a bit heavier in its weight. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes so much sense. And um, I would say I also just didn't even know that I was channeling when I was channeling and like so many people will be channeling and not knowing that they're channeling. Right. Um, so many people that I speak to when I do sessions are like the, the person that their friends or even strangers go to, and they're like drawn to that person and they just kind of like tell them things. And then that person gives them some advice and, and then they question themselves and they're like, how did I know that? Or like, I don't know how I knew this, but I really helped that person. And I'm like, you're channeling, you're literally channeling. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so tell us I think- a little bit about how you got into like life's purpose channeling because that is very specific, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that um, it's something that has just always happened my my whole life when I would be working with somebody. So my work started in um, clinical mental health when I was twenty. I started working in the industry and um, continued until I was twenty five, and it just seemed like, and even when I was doing my own energy healing, it just seemed like every conversation that I had after moving through or like helping them with like whatever they were going through, the channeling would always shift gears into their purpose. Always never intentional, never thought anything of it just always would happen. And like any, every like long-term energy healing session or energy healing clients I had, or um, even channeling clients when we would work through whatever it would always shift gears into this purpose work. And it was something that I didn't even notice that like other people recognize in like, it was only through other people mirroring back to me, their experience that I was like, Oh, this, this is just what keeps happening. That I realized that that was just a part of my work and what I was meant to be doing was helping people get more clarity on and connect with their soul's vibration, their truth and give them just some support and getting on that path of their purpose. So when I work with people, what I'll see very often through shadow work is like once all the muck is cleared, it's like their purpose kind of comes up of like, now that that stuff is out of the way, here's what it is that you are ready to do in this world. Here's where we need to go. And there's a theme that I found with everyone where it's always about being of service. Like, how are you going to help people? How are you going to elevate the consciousness? How are you going to shift the vibration of this planet? Is that something you see too? You know, I, I, you work with light workers, so you're going to, you're going to find that. I had always thought that too, until I've had some clients that were not light workers and it was clear that their, their purpose was not actually to, um, it kind of blew my mind actually, because I always thought that we are here to like contribute to 
you know, the world or society in some way. And I've had a couple of clients where it was truly not their purpose to do that. And I was like, it totally like blew my perspective of like the meaning of life and everybody's role. And it truly like opened up this, this, this greater perspective, this wider lens on the purpose of, of our existence can be beyond just like being of service. And I think it's, I think for all of us, because we're our workers and we are here to help people that the idea of living a life that's not in service to the greater, the greater whole is like kind of like mind blowing because it's like at your core and at your essence, right? It totally threw me for a loop seeing this, but there was a, I've had a couple of clients that it truly wasn't. And um, the way I kind of saw it was their purpose was to, um, okay, so there was one client that I had, his purpose was to actually be of, um, like to really work on himself in a way that like made, he was like an, an, an ultra athlete. And so his role was to really like, become his best version of self and push himself. And in turn, it would inspire people, but his work is, wasn't directly, and he didn't even think about or have the desire to inspire people directly. It was really about his work and himself, you know? So, um, yeah, definitely. I could see how you would do that. You would see that, or you have that because you work with white workers, but there are people that that's really not their um, part of their role is to specifically or um, directly impact or make the world a better place by helping others. Fascinating. And I've actually asked the question because I've wondered that before, like, it can't be that we're all here to just kind of like turn through the same stuff. There has to be more. So I'm glad that you shared that. Yeah. Yeah. There is more. And yeah, I've had a couple of clients cause I had, I had another client that felt bad that he, like, he felt like they're all men too, which I think is interesting. Um, <laughs> I haven't had any women clients yet, but I, I, I'm sure they're out there, but he actually felt bad because he felt like he needed to be, it was more of like an ego thought that he needed to be helping others, but it really didn't come from his core that he wanted to, or like felt the desire to. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. We all have a place, we all have a role, but it doesn't always have to directly involve helping others or like quote unquote bettering the planet in a way. Yeah, but I, I think that sometimes or some people are here to just like embody themselves so powerfully that they are like a domino effect. It's like a lightning bolt and other people see it. And maybe it's got to a point now where we're like, oh, I must help others. I must help others. And it kind of has got to that point, actually, I think, where we're actually a lot of people are are trying to help others more than helping themselves. And we've got to like we've got to start with ourselves anyway. Um, That's what I've noticed recently in like the last year or maybe even six months, like probably because of coronavirus. Right. We're out there hustling and bustling like I don't know how we did it, but um, since we've gone on this big pause, people are kind of like bored. What do I do? Oh, I'll try and help others. But in doing so, are still incredibly burnt out, even though they're not going to work, technically, not leaving the house, maybe, not in every country, but in this country, a lot of things are closed down. Myself included can burn out, mainly because I'm a projector, so I shouldn't be working too, too, too much, but, um, like in certain ways I can, I can do the internal work, but, um, that's really cool. That's like giving people permission, like be yourself, you know, like work on yourself and, and make yourself happy. Cause we should be happy as well. You know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, and the way I've, I've channeled and my guides speak on a purpose is to live the most joyous and fulfilling life imaginable. Joyous is first. Being happy and, and feeling your best is first. And you, you have to be. I mean, we talk about this. We hear this all the time in the self-help industry of just like, fill your cup, make sure your cup's filled first. Like, yes, we have to come first. Otherwise, we're pouring from an empty cup and we can't really be of the highest service if we're completely drained and burnt out. I know. And something I've struggled with is actually like doing things that make me happy. Like, if I'm really honest... I am like a bit of an overachiever. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I like to help people. Like I get my fulfillment from helping others because I'm a five, two in human design. So my thing is like helping others and like my shadow can be like, if I'm not helping others, I'm like, what can I do? Like somebody, somebody like need my help. I need that. Like I feed off of that. But, um, what I found when I've been really stepping back and trying to rest and restore and um, just not be outputting so much is I'm like, oh yeah, like what is living in the moment? Like what what is like being happy? Like I've had to like really think about it. Like I've had to really think about it. I don't know if you two have that. Then I no, that's definitely something that I think a lot of us struggle with. I know I've struggled with it before and I give myself the same limitations time and time again, where it's like, oh, you don't have the time or you don't have the money. Those are my two go-to blocks. The second I start thinking in terms of time and money, I'm like, okay, Shadow, what do you want from me? Because those are always my things. And as you were talking about that and you're like talking about living a joyous life, again, my first thoughts that come up were like, oh, if only I had the time and the money. <laughs> and it's like, where does that come from? Why is it that that's my thing? It can be hard for anyone who's an empath or a light worker to just do for themselves because we are so fulfilled by helping others, but we have to find that way to step back and take care of ourselves and do that spiritual maintenance that we need to be our best selves. Yeah, it almost kind of comes from like that, that codependency or identity, like fulfilling the identity of being um, someone that is helpful. And who are we if we're not being helpful? Mm-hmm. What, what is my worth if I'm not helping somebody? I have a friend who's a really, really prominent coach in the coaching world, and she's got a huge following and people like fall over her words. And she went through this last year where she just got to this point where she was so burnt out and she's technically doing everything right. Like she doesn't have a nine to five. She just has her coaching business. She just works within the container of it, but just the advertising of it and speaking about what it was, she just ended up like collapsing for like a month and a half because it was just too much energy to take on and too many people who needed her even though they weren't her direct clients, it was still like people are just waiting for her all the time to say things and to speak. And I think that can be a part of being a channel too. Because once you open yourself up to receiving that information and being that liaison and putting it out there into the world, it's like now you're open to that energy coming from above. And you're also open to the energy of everybody who the message is meant for. Yeah, totally. Those boundaries, oh gosh, I definitely even forgot about it. I even forgot about that because it's been so long. But yes, I remember that. I remember when I 
just the whole process of being a channel. It's true. If you don't have those boundaries set, it's like you're constantly on for everyone. It's like you really are. And it does become your identity of being that person that isn't just there to help everyone, but that's here to like give everyone the messages they need to receive. Even if you're not consciously, even if you're not consciously aware that you're a channel, if you are in that role, it just happens. And my gosh, you're so right. That's exhausting. Those mm-hmm. boundaries though. So important. <laughs> if I had a what boundaries do you have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, go on, go on. I'll go after. <laughs> I had a dollar for every time someone during this pandemic has asked me whether or not they have the coronavirus, like on their personal test, I would be rich. <laughs> question, but like random friends and family members who like don't get this at all, but at least understand that I'm like a direct channel are like, so I came in contact with someone at work. Do I have it? <laughs> That is hilarious. So funny. Yep. That is. So sorry. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. I love that. You know, because I know you've told me some of the people who've asked you. It's been funny (laughs) stories. They're like, so you know, just just wondering, you know, and you're just like. No one's asked me that yet. That is hilarious. When my little sister listens to this, she's going to go so red because she's asked me at least five times. Has she? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm dying over here. This is so funny. Uh, So, no, I'm glad you got that in. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, Ashley, when it comes to boundaries, like what would you say if you were to say, um, let me try and get my words out here, um, your top, maybe your top advice for having boundaries? Because we learn it the hard way, like when it comes to boundaries, you know, and like we have to learn some things the hard way. Otherwise we're not going to learn the lesson. Right. But like, if you were to try and maybe, I don't know, cushion it for a few people who are listening to this and they struggle with boundaries, which is most people, what would you say? (laughs) In regards to channeling. So I, so first, actually, I can't just give steps because I just don't, I don't work that way, but I can give some backing, which will then make it a little bit more um, integratable. So the first thing that I find working with clients and developing their channel is they, this belief that if they're not fully open all of the time, then they're going to lose it. That if they say no to their guides or to whoever, then that's going to create a ripple effect and they're just going to lose their gift of channeling and it's going to be turned off and then they're going to regret it. And so I feel that a big part of people's uh, resistance to having boundary is this deep rooted fear that they're going to lose their gift of channeling if they set up boundaries or they say no. And so right off the bat, like just changing that belief and knowing that this is your gift not going away it's only going to get more developed and the more that you do say no the clearer the messages are going to be when you say yes and the stronger it's going to feel and the more you'll be able to trust it um just shifting that belief alone will automatically relieve release a lot of pressure around constantly being open and being this like constant like radio station turning and spitting out everything and everyone um because that like that fear really is so strong i hear that from almost every client of mine and they're and they're you know, journey of developing their channel. So that's number one is know that you can say no and set boundaries and um, that you're not going to lose your gifts. The second thing is I, what helped me was shifting the perspective of how I'm interacting with people. And so instead of 
seeing it as like, oh, I need to be of service and always just be a channel. Even if it's not like a conscious thing, it's like a subconscious belief. Like, okay, I need to be needed. I need to be helpful. If you shift it to, um, this is somebody's personal space. And if I don't ask for permission, then I am like, this is me invading their, their energy. That helps me a lot because it no longer was my responsibility to constantly be on and open and like be of service. But instead it was like, I was being disservice. I was being like, um, I was crossing their boundaries by being open and feeling into their energy and channeling for them. You know, like it just totally changed the paradigm of how I interact with it. And it allowed me to naturally have this boundary up where I won't even, I will not channel a thing for anyone unless they give me permission and they ask for it. And then I will open up and that completely changed the game because it wasn't like I was on all the time. It was like, I'm allowed to stay in my own frequency and it isn't even a conscious act to put up a boundary. It's just, I'm in my field in respect of, of them and their energy. And if they ask, then I can open that up and do that. Otherwise it's staying shut. And I'm my own sovereign being who isn't affected by other people's energy and the channel messages that want to come through for them. I love that. Yes, that must stop you from getting drained because I, I mean, come on, we've all been through getting drained when it comes to energy work, right? I'm going to take that on board. Thank you. (laughs) And while we have you giving advice for people, I want to ask you too, for the ones who are listening to this, who are like, oh crap, like I might be a channel. Like I have that happen to me all the time where words just come out of my mouth and I don't know where it's coming from, or I get these downloads. I don't know what to do with them. What advice would you have about strengthening that channel? Great question. So um, first, I like to just tell all my clients, just have fun with it. You know, don't put that pressure on it. Because I think they get learning new skills. We always like the ego comes in and wants to like set expectations and goals and how things should look and should be. And automatically, when we're in that ego space, we're out of our soul space. We're out of like really being with the experience of the channel. So my advice here is always the first step is to have fun and play with it. Play. Because (laughs) when the ego gets involved, our channel gets filtered. It's like the way I like to see the ego is like our channel's open and when the ego's there, it either blocks it or it filters it so strong that the messages that are coming through have to move through the ego first and they become less true and they become influenced by our energy and our, our truth, you know, like our human experience. And so when we step out of that, we sidestep the ego, we really lean into the play and the fun and the curiosity. We're letting the ego feel safe in that experience in the play. And it actually lets us be more present with our channeling, be more present with the experience of, um, the high dimensional movement and the, the, the liaison experience of it all. And just with engaging with it more, it strengthens in our field and it strengthens the, it's not quite a muscle, but it's for three dimensional beings. I think it's the best way of looking at it. It's like you're strengthening the muscle, the more you engage with it. And so um, play is the best. A second bit of advice is to put out into the universe to some games like, okay, if, um, you know, like, okay, so an example, maybe finding the name of your guide. Okay. So you can say like, I want to know what the name of my closest guide is. You speak it out, you say it, you let it go, let it go. You don't say, okay, I need to know right now in this way, you need to tell me by hearing it. Instead, you release all expectation of how and when and where and 
whatever and just let it go put it out there and just go on the end without you know on with your day and you may see it on a stop sign you may hear it in a song it may just pop into your head and when you receive it acknowledge it and celebrate and I guess that's my third bit of advice whenever you do channel celebrate it get really excited about it like really go all in get all of your emotions involved because you're training your body to not just feel safe in it but to honor it and call in more of it it's training your well neurology biology and also your energy to call in more of this experience yeah there's a whole whole little lesson there <laughs> that's amazing i love that for have more fun and i don't know about you guys but we take things so seriously, right? It's like, it's a serious thing and I've got to figure out what my purpose is and I've got to know what it is right now. And I'm useless until I know what it is. And it's like, the more you have fun, the more lighthearted you are and childlike, inner childlike that you are, the more that you're going to connect with the universe, the more that you're going to receive the messages, the more you're going to see the messages because otherwise you're so blocked off and you're so controlling things that you can't see outside of the tunnel right so I love that you say that yes and I love that you bring up that the tunnel is like <laughs> our greatest enemy right? we like set this like seriousness in our life and it does it totally sets this these blinders up and it blocks us from really receiving what we're calling in because we think it needs to come in a certain way, AKA these, these blinders. And when it doesn't come in this way, we're like, it's not happening. Oh my gosh, I got more pressure on myself. I had to control more and constrict more and smell in that hole. And we just suffocate ourselves in our experience. But it's true that play does just allow those blinders to drop down. We widen our view and we allow ourselves to receive in ways we never thought were imaginable or possible. Yeah. And people think it shouldn't be fun, but it can, like things can be fun. It can be fun. And there's a card in the tarot deck. I think it's the four of cups. Um, and it's got three cups in front. And then it's got this, this, this guy sitting in front of a tree and there's this cup coming out at the side, out of the clouds, but he's staring at the cups in front and he's got his arms crossed and he's looking at the cups like that, that he's missing this cup right here. And whenever that card comes through, I'm like, you are trying to control like how something happens and the universe knows so much better than you. So like let go and it will come so much bigger and so much better. And in a way that you cannot expect it. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Control I freaks, aren't we? <laughs> I know exactly what card you're talking about too. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> So while we're on this topic, right, of like talking about fun, how do you infuse fun into your own spiritual practice, whether it's like actively doing stuff or just like in your off time? Great question. How do I infuse fun? You know, um, this is something that I, I'm on like a current journey with of infusing more pleasure and play in my life. I think I'm naturally a pretty playful person, um, very fairy-like, even in like my my like structure, like I'm just a little fairy and I'm always just like buzzing around and playing and smiling and laughing. But um, just in the way I like grew up and like I'm a Virgo and the way that I'm, I'm very like masculine energy that I just like feel like I got trained to being this very like serious, hardworking, focused, um, you know, I don't know, not fairy, like not very fun person. And so I've been exploring this a bit more. And for, so for me, how I've been exploring that is actually just like giving myself the space to listen to my body 
and ask what my body wants, like what, what would feel good and asking myself, like, what would be pleasurable right now? What would be enjoyable? What would be something that feels maybe a little rebellious that would just like, you know, like light me up and like, you guys can't see me, but like make me like shake a little and like get all giddy about it. Um, and I follow that feeling like that, like playful, excited kind of fairy feeling of like, Ooh, this isn't like, Ooh, it's not what I was supposed to be doing the air quotes, like supposed to be doing, but Ooh, wouldn't that be fun? And I like to follow that as a way of just like, just infusing more joy in my life and just letting my like soul leave me and getting out of my head and my, my seriousness. <laughs> yes. I, I am um, before lockdowns in the UK. I used to have days where I would just like follow my intuition and I'd like be in central London and I'd be like, right, I'm not gonna like go this way because I know this way or because I think I should go this way or because this is the quickest way. I'm literally just gonna follow my intuition. And it would take me into like these beautiful like bookshops, crystal shops, like into the most insane parks that were hidden in London. And that was just so much fun because I totally dropped out of my head and into my body and into my heart. And it just felt like I'd come back and tell my partner, I'd be like, I had the most fun. And he was probably like, oh my God, that doesn't fi- sound fun at all. But it was. <laughs> I feel like, oh I up, like, what would Becky do? Like, as I'm going about my life, like, what would Becky do in this moment? Because I feel like you always find fun. Like, when I'm watching your <laughs> stories, it's like, she's got like a crystal grid set up on the side of a tree. <laughs> she's like sending the tree healing. <laughs> I'm like... It's like a Tuesday and it's just like a normal, I'm, I'm going to ask myself, what would Becky do when I want more? Oh my God. I love that. Yes. Yes. I love I that. It's so it's great. Working. What would Becky do? Oh my gosh. And I love that idea. How fun is that? Just to have a day of just following your intuition to see where it goes. What an adventure. Yeah, exactly. And you can do it on a walk in the woods. You can do it like even if you're just at home for the day and you're like, what would my intuition do? Because it really takes you out of the norm and it it can be uncomfortable at times because you're kind of like, oh God, I really should check like my emails or something. But like, even if you can just do it like for an hour or two hours, you know, like whatever you can squeeze in is better than nothing. And it's really fun. (laughs) If anyone needs inspiration for this, you should look at Becky's Instagram. Yeah. Because she's like, always there's like this like doing sound healing for koi fish that she saw she like pulls a bowl out of nowhere <laughs> oh my god that's when we were doing grid work in london <laughs> yeah and we found these like insane um fish in them in opposite the oblique oblisk oblique in london like they have this um i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right if it's an oblisk or an oblique obelisk maybe yeah, it's like the big like point, like they've got one in Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got the massive one in Washington. They've got one in Moscow. They've got them all over the world. And I'm obsessed with ancient civilizations. And when and this was another thing that I followed my oh my, God, I'm so excited. When I followed my intuition, I went into London like uh, sometime last year. And I my my body was just like, get off at this stop because I was on the tube and it was like, get off at this stop and walk along the river. And when I got off at the stop, I walked down and I saw for the first time, like actually paying attention to this, uh, whatever it's called, um, obelisk. Maybe <laughs> we don't know. We're going to something like that. Yeah. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. And, um, 
and and it's it's opposite the London Eye in Embankment in London on the River Thames and I was just blown away and then I just sat there and I sat because they've got two um sphinx um either side but they're facing inwards they're supposed to be facing outwards um so I sat there and I just did some crystal grid work for the the monument and it came from Alexandria and it was like so old and I was just blown away because I love stuff like that anyway and I just felt like I did some like energy healing for myself and the monument that day and I was like there you go intuition (laughs) that is so cool what a what a cool journey yeah yeah I don't know how you feel about it Ashley but I feel like sometimes channeling is not as serious as we make it out to be where it's like I need to get this download to figure out where I need to go in my life it could be like what is it that my body needs right now what is the food that I need to be taking in should I be taking a day off should I be speaking to this person anymore it could just be lighter free it all it does get to be it's just the way I do everything Uh, it's literally the way I do everything (laughs) like I don't even think about it anymore it's I mean, yeah, like the food that I eat, where I go, the way that I go, what exercises I'm doing, what I'm going to be doing. Even like people, some questions I get too. I'm like, oh, I didn't think I could channel on that. Like people ask me a question and I'm like, whoa, didn't even think that could be something to channel on. And it's just like playful and small. Like, should I be like eating this food at this time of day? Or um, there's this new guy. Should I like, you know, inquire with this or, oh, I was thinking about traveling this weekend. Is it a good idea to to go to this place? Like it can just be anything it does. It doesn't have to be so serious. I agree. And I think that's just like with all new things we like care about so deeply. We're like, oh my gosh, I really want this thing. We take it so seriously and like hold on to it with like such a strong grip like the more we have it the more we're like okay we need to hold this thing and make sure it stays with us and then we don't lose it and then it just gets better and better and it really is just like suffocating the experience and it's really the opposite of how channeling works you know the more constricted we are the more we're in control mode and the more we hold on to something the less clear channel we are and the more it's filtered by our ego or our own personal human experience, which makes it less true and yeah, like less reliable. Um, But the more we let go of that grip and open up, the more easy it is, the clearer the channeling gets and more high dimensional it becomes, which is, you know, more true and, and reliable to move forward on. Yes. And with the Akashic Records, they say the more open-minded you are, the more you will get from the records. Like the more open-minded you are, the more you'll receive. And I'm just, Danielle and I always talk about this. We're like, we're a little too open-minded, I'd say. We're literally, we'll believe anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I for your argument. We want to hear it. <laughs> I love that. Actually, I was thinking about you recently, Danielle. I was thinking about past lives um, and just the exploration of past lives and just actually thinking about your journey and just like your background and like being a psychotherapist and, and working in this room. I'm reading a book, actually. I'm reading Many Lives, Many Masters. I and so it made me think of you. This book is so good. Dr. Brian Weiss is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I need to read so it. I've been thinking about you a lot. So I'm glad I'm here right now because you've been on my mind. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> and that book was actually the beginning of my like real deep dive into spirituality. I had a teacher give it to me. I think I've even told the story on the podcast at 15. A teacher gave me that book and just said, I feel like you need to read this. And she didn't no, know. I don't think, no, I don't think you've shared this. All right. Well, then um, it was a chorus teacher. Actually, my daughter has her as a teacher right now, which is just, it's like a weird small world. But the teacher 
had no reason. We'd never talked about spirituality or past lives. I had no intent to go into psychology. I was thinking I was going to do advertising as a career. And I actually started my college career in advertising, but she gave me the book, Many Lives, Many Masters. And when she gave it to me, she just said, read it. I don't know why, but you need to. And I just swallowed it up. I was obsessed with it. I read it 40 times. I still have her copy. And just about six months ago, she'd asked me, this is a weird question, but do you still have that book? Because I feel like I gave it to you, but I don't remember if I did. And I was like, actually, funnily enough, um, yes. And also I do past life regressions as part of my career now. You want one? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's such a oh small one. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then we ended that up coming back in with my parents recently, just while my house gets built. And while the house is getting built, my daughter's going to my elementary school. This teacher was my high school teacher. She just randomly, for the first time ever, decided this year she's going to teach at a grade school. And she just happened to pick out of the 12 schools the one that my daughter's going to. So my daughter's one of her students. Oh, my gosh. What what a cool experience. What a small world. But really just magic, right? (laughs) Totally. So how are you liking the book, Ash? You know, not very far in, um, but I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far. It's, it's, I feel like it's been more of a, um, it's been opening my mind to like other possibilities and just like the experience of like humans and our interactions and like, and just, I guess beyond humans, like just energy and our, like our soul selves. And so I think it's been like, I'll read a little bit and then I like go on this whole like exploration. (laughs) So I'm reading it. It's just more of like, I'm going on a lot of journeys with it. That book will do that to you. I feel like a lot of spiritual books do that where like you pick it up and you start reading and you get like a chapter in and you're like, wait a minute, I need to look some stuff up now. And I do this all the time with Joe Dispenza's work where every time I read it, I'm reading the same page five times because I'm like, this is so loaded with potent information. I want to make sure I have it down. And now I got to go watch this thing because I heard Greg Braden talk about this and then Shaman Direct was talking about it. And I feel like Gabby Bernstein referenced it and you so like, you just go, you just go down that rabbit hole and it could be endless. Greg Braden is my love. Like Greg Braden. <laughs> I love Greg Braden. We love you, Greg Braden. Come on. We love you, Greg Braden. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love him so much. Jack, Jack, my partner, like sometimes I'm like, can we listen to a book when we go to bed? And he's like, not that guy. And I'm like, Greg Braden. <laughs> Don't talk about Greg Braden like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so good. <laughs> We're just down here standing all these spiritual gurus, but at the same time, you don't need the gurus. You're fine. You're your guru. Open your channel. <laughs> right? Totally. Yeah. And yeah. that's why it's so important to have Ashley on here to talk about opening your channel because everyone is limitless. Everyone has the capacity to get information for themselves that they need. And she's yes. a master at this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's true. Everyone is a channel. We all are channels. In fact, one of the ways that we receive messages is actually through other people because people are doing it unconsciously all of the time. <laughs> all of the time. <laughs> right? Like, it's kind of like what you said the game earlier with the, the guide and ask a name. Then you might speak to one of your friends and they say something and it's the name and you just know instantly that it's the name and they've channeled it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I catch my I catch my friends a lot in channeling, and they'll be like, "I don't even know what I just said," but it's like the more you're aware of it, the more you can like witness it in other people when they're like tapping out and channeling, and you're like, "Do you know what just happened there?" Like, I don't, uh, what were you talking about? And I'm like, "Yeah, someone just like tapped into you. <laughs> you didn't even know." <laughs> 
So awesome. Well, uh, speaking of tapping in and this, uh, tell me if this is too much, but I want to ask because we have you on here. Is there any chance you could channel a message for the people who are listening to this podcast in this moment, any guidance that they might need? Yeah, sure. Why not? Just to put you on the spot. Yes, I love yes, this. Put me on the spot. This is great. Let me do it. Yes. <laughs> okay, so they're actually, the guys are giving me this like whole background. So just so you know what's happening here, they're giving me this whole background of like the, what the, um, the consciousness of who's listening right now, what they're experiencing. And so the background they're, they're showing me first, I think is just to get a picture and to like connect deeper with the soul. So I can share on that first, then we can just listen to what messages come through. So they're sharing is, um, there's just a lot of extra, a lot of the things that we're talking about is a lot of fear and uncertainty around their experience of, um, their soul self and feeling this like this split the separation of who they've been and who they are and connecting with that deeper part of themselves that they haven't haven't really um even intimately connected with since they were children and they've had this whole identity that they've built and they're now getting to space and they've most re recently had a spiritual awakening and they're seeking these answers. And in this experience, they're feeling a lot of fear and uncertainty. And it's great that we're talking about that like tension that like, um, we're speaking on the, the control and the contraction because I'm feeling a lot of that. So of course, that that's relevant to who's coming in and listening to this episode right now. And so the advice that was actually channeled through was, this is your time, this is your space to crack open and blossom into your fullest expression. Now is your time to play with the colors that evolve and shine out of you as you open up and explore yourself. Now is your time to play, to follow the curious drives, to open the books you're feeling called to, to have those conversations with those random people. This is your time to explore those depths of yourself that you've been curious about. Don't worry about the fear that comes up. The fear is trying to keep you in the old identity that you've outgrown, that was never really fully your full expression. And now is your time to really identify the absolute widest version of you that is fulfilled, that is joyful, that is playful, that is wise, that makes the impact that you're meant to be making here on planet Earth in this lifetime. Beautiful. That was awesome. Wow, that yeah. was amazing. I, when you started speaking, my um, left ear just like went so clear. <laughs> Like it was kind of like um, fuzzy-ish and then it just went really clear. And even like my eyesight on my left eye went a little bit different. So yeah, maybe the, maybe the guides were like, listen in you. <laughs> Not just for the <laughs> listeners, it's for the host as well. <laughs> For us. This isn't for anyone listening. This is all mine and Becky's plan to get free. <laughs> yes, this is what we say all the time. <laughs> but, um, one of the things people listening to this might not recognize is that we get messages through our body all the time. So as you were listening to Ashley's channeling, maybe you felt something in your body as well, like a tingle or a twinge or like something spasmed for a moment. That is spirit talking through you and when you can start pay attention, paying attention to that stuff too, that is part of channeling. It is. It's, it's the, the soul's way of saying this resonates. Yeah. This is, this is re in resonance with my truth and it's our like wake up call. So yeah, very true. Yeah. I felt like that channeling was really a journey. 
more than a message. It felt like a whole experience. And so I'm curious, um, I'm curious to hear from who's listening to this, like what their story is, what's going on with them. I'm like, now I feel like I've invested now that I've channeled this journey. (laughs) Who are you? Let me feel you. (laughs) Well, then everybody listening to this, you're going to need to go follow Ashley on social media and tell her how that message impacted you. So Ashley, where can they find you on social media? I hang out mostly on Instagram. And my Instagram is Ashley.Dufresne. Dufresne looks like Dufresne. So, <laughs> and I have a Facebook group, but I'm actually, you know, I'm currently in my Saturn return right now. And so all sorts of things are shifting. And one of those things that are going to be shifting is the platforms that I use. So this actually would be my first announcement of this. So here I am. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to be shifting my attention and putting, um, opening up my YouTube and doing more YouTube and Pinterest. So Ooh. soon enough, you'll find me there. It's the first announcement of it ever. <laughs> yes. This is a breakthrough, guys. This is a big deal. So they'll find you on there too. We're going to include all of your information, all your links right in the bio section of this episode. And Ashley, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so, so much for sharing yourself and your gifts today. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Oh my God, so much fun. It's such a pleasure, such a pleasure to, to be here with you guys and have this conversation and to teach what was meant to come through. Yes, we'll have to have you back again, seriously. Yeah, 2.0. We'll go in. We'll go even deeper. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you everyone for listening today. Um, Make sure that you connect with Ashley and let her know how that message landed for you. And we will see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.